you are in need of God to turn something around you just lift your hand just you just lift your hand put your hand down I want to read you a scripture that's packed with power and this is to for some of you stimulate your faith the others to grow your faith um, Isaiah 38, verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah was at the point of death. It was about to be lights out. The story was about to be over. The prophet comes and says, go make sure your will was signed in front of a notary. Go put your house in order because you're going to die. For those of you who raised your hand, that's verse 1, but I see you in verse 2. Hezekiah's fate has been determined. The prophet has stated it, but Hezekiah doesn't give up. Verse 2 says, he gets this bad news. He was in church on Sunday, July 23rd, and raised his hand when the preacher said, do you need God to turn something around? And, and Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. This is what he said. Remember, Lord, he puts God in remembrance of his word. That's how he starts his prayer off. He says, remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion. And I have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go back, go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord your God, the God of your father David says. I've heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. Here's the turnaround. I will add 15 years to your life.
would you just would you just prophetically turn around 180 degrees just turn around just turn around 180 degrees now watch this this is this is what else he says he put 15 years on the clock for him after he prays this is the rest of the message from the Lord to Hezekiah and I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend this city I just speak over your life today because of your life how you have lived because of the posture of your heart because of their intentions because of the quiet prayers you have prayed because you have sought God God is turning some stuff around that that what looked like was going to be a dead situation God is saying I'm extending life then according to the word of God he says not only will I add life to you but I am also going to deliver you and this city and then I'm going to protect this city Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive a turnaround because of the lives that we have lived. Some preachers and pastors and prophets and bishops will lie to you and say, God's going to turn everything around for everybody in here. And I just believe if you turn around, that God's going to turn it around. I'm not going to lie to you. God has to judge it because, you see, Hezekiah had been living a certain way. Some of you have made a promise before the Lord. Some of you, you ain't done it right. You ain't done it right all the time. You done slipped up, but your heart is right. You haven't given up on God, and God has not given up on you. And because you, like Hezekiah, because your heart is right, God will turn some stuff around and deliver you and protect you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put God in remembrance of what he said. I want you to put God in remembrance of what he said. Hezekiah started his prayer off. He said, Lord, remember. I want you to just remind God. Put him in remembrance. Put him in remembrance of what his word said. A promise that he's made to you. Thank the Lord for what he's doing in that situation. Come on, give God praise. Give him praise. Thank him for your turnaround. Thank him for your turnaround. Thank him for more time on the clock. 
You don't sound happy. You don't sound happy. Hallelujah. Such a special time this morning has been. Father, we just received you here. We thank you that you are here. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for a visitation. A dead man would be able to feel you here. I just declare that we are on a streak. <laughs> Last Sunday was a was the first. This Sunday is a it's another chance, another time. Special visitations from the Lord. I think I need to just put somebody on alert that the word angels, angelos in the Greek, it means messenger. That angels can and one of their job descriptions their core they can bring messages and I just want you to be alright with the message that God is going to send you through an angel maybe more than more than one of you one of those supernatural things and as we move to the end times God will continue to do more and more supernatural things and we the people of God not the church but the people of God those that make up the kingdom those of us that harvest and host the kingdom we we have to be ready for kingdom things to happen and the supernatural realm is available for our good and for our power for our benefit so just just be ready for messages to be delivered I'm not talking about coincidental emails or you know, text, I'm talking about supernatural stuff happening. I actually sense some angelic activity now that, that, is, that is here, that is here. I, I sense some angelic activity that is here. It, it's been years, been years. Go ahead and sit down, go ahead and sit down. Repeatedly, people have told me about angels they have seen in the midst of our worship services. Um, at, at some point coming, we'll, we'll start teaching on, and I don't, I don't know when, I'm, I'm just saying this from the standpoint of uh, what's coming. I, I don't have a start date yet, but you need to understand the duties and the power and the ministry of angels. And, you know, some things you, you, you aren't ready for. A lot of what I find myself a part of and in learning and coming to understand I don't always report it one it's not the Lord's timing yet and sometimes uh, you, you just don't have a shelf built yet to put it but angels will become a natural and automatic part of our life the closer we get to uh, these end times
Let's turn our attention to the word of God for today, and uh, we're going to readjust. All right. Or twenty five twenty five. Use the headset, okay. All right. So you want me to switch still? I hear a little scruffy. Just let me let me just switch. If I had to yell, I'd yell it out. We ain't quitting. Amen. All right. Okay, so today we are continuing in what we discussed on yesterday, and today we're talking. I'm going to put that title slide up. I said yesterday. The week went that fast. <laughs> Getting to the right place. This is one of those things. We welcome our streaming audience on today. This is one of those things that, um, one of those sermon series, one of those messages that I didn't see coming. Before we left for vacation, um, I had the title slide all done, everything, all the Facebook stuff, the Instagram stuff, um, what you see here on the screen, all these graphics done, and was getting ready to preach the next sermon series um, and start that. But last week, I don't know, somewhere God got involved, much like he did in this morning's worship experience, and he kind of changed things around. I knew that I was supposed to be talking about uh, some stuff y'all didn't want to hear. Um, but how many folk are tired of coming to church and not hearing what you need to hear? Yeah, yeah. It's a waste of time when you come and you hear something that you, that you just don't need to hear. So I was going to be audacious and I was going to talk about uh, some stuff that you probably wouldn't come to hear, but we were going to find God in it so that we could get to where God's going. And so on last week, what I thought was going to be uh, two parts or, you know, two different themes has ended up being um, at least a two-part sermon series. I, I got three, four, and five, but it's going to be at least, it's going to be at least a, a two-part, two-part sermon series. We'll, we'll see. Uh, last Sunday, who, who was here on last Sunday? How many folk were here on last Sunday? I preached, didn't I? I did a good, I did a good job. <laughs> Seriously, the Holy Spirit just blessed. He blessed my socks off last week. It, I tell you, I tell you. 
Um, so, so we were talking. We were talking last week about getting to the right place. Uh, so, for those who were not here, getting to the right place, uh, God identified some ravens to feed the prophet Elijah by a brook called Cherith. And the problem is that raven is a code word for crow. Uh, ravens and crows—they're—they're they're like. They're like not first cousins. They're like 0.5 cousins. I mean, you know, they, they're real close. Ravens are vultures. So God makes promise to Elijah because Elijah is God's man. God tells Elijah, he says, Elijah, in the morning, uh, ravens are going to bring you bread and meat. And in the evening, ravens are going to bring you bread and meat. The problem with that is that ravens eat bread and meat. But God was using ravens to bring bread and meat. Anybody have a raven show up this week? Anybody have anybody have a raven? Uh-huh. What they should have kept for themselves. Uh-huh. I see several hands. But they, they, they gave it to you. Why did that happen? It happened because Elijah was in the right place. There's a difference in not knowing how to get to a place versus not ignoring or ignoring how to get there. Do you see what, I, do you see what I'm saying? If I don't know how to get to, um, name a place, Lenox Mall. If I don't know how to get to Lenox Mall, that's one thing. But if I ignore what my GPS is telling me, that's another thing. It's a difference in not knowing how to get there and ignoring how to get there. At the, at the orthodontist this past week, and um, the orthodontist very proud of being an orthodontist. Uh, Jordan has been interning this summer, and they noticed that there's something going on with her teeth, and um, went in for a consultation with the with the orthodontist. She's she's had braces. She's worn them. She kept them on much longer than she thought she's gonna have to. Got a beautiful smile. Um, but when we sat down at the orthodontist, in, in in the consultation, the orthodontist starts telling me. He says that I did four years. An orthodontist has to do four years of undergraduate work. Then he said I I spent another three years and a year of residency in medical school. So that's eight. And then I did three years of dental school. That's 11. And then another two years of specialization. That's 13. That's 13 years. The road for an orthodontist is clearly laid out. I, I, I was having a conversation with uh, a friend I said, man, when did you, you make your first million? He said, I, I made my first million when I was 19. Okay, all right. So, so the orthodontist has probably made a million. But it took him 13 years of a regimented path to get there. My friend, I didn't say it was legal. He, he, he. He, he made his million by the age of 19. It's some folk in here that have made a million. And here's the thing. Your story probably don't look like my friend's story. 
there was a different path, there was a different way, but both have an X that has marked the spot in their life. Watch this. Both have required change. Both have required adjustment. Both endured pain. Uh, both endured sacrifice. But both, the ortho and my friend, what was required from them was work. Y'all looking at me like I just cussed at you. It's a four-letter word, but work. And surrender. Here's, here's, here's the question. Um, what will it take for you to get to your ex? What, what will it take for you to get to the place that God has promised to provide for you? What, 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 what will it take? I'll tell you what it will take. Answer that question is, it will take not kicking against the prick. Here's, here's just a snippet of what God says about where he's trying to get you. They're going to throw these scriptures up really fast, really quickly on the screen there. Uh, Psalm 66, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. Verse 12, we went through fire and through water, but you have brought us out into a wealthy place. Mm -hmm. Somebody say X marks the spot. None like the King James Version. Let's go back to the New King James Version. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Mm -hmm. A land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. Somebody say X marks the spot. Genesis chapter 15 verse 7 then he said to him I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit somebody say X marks the spot the, the, these are a small number of scriptures that discuss what God wants to do in your life all of us have a promise all of us have a wealthy place all of us have a land that God is identifying we have a place that God is wanting to get us to and others you any any others that you find any other scriptures that you will find will require the same thing it will require work and it will require surrendering surrendering what Surrendering to what he wants to do with you. You see, here, here's the thing. Um, many would say that you have no problem with surrendering on paper. If, if we were to take a poll in the house, say, are you ready to surrender? It, it'd be the vast majority, close to likely 100% of people that would click yes. I'm, I'm ready to surrender. But that's only surrendering on paper in Sunday morning in the sanctuary when he's a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper. Yes, I'll surrender, God. I'll, I'll, I'll surrender. But the true test to you is Monday morning. It's Tuesday night when your loins are burning and you single. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, um, 
It's a completely different thing to surrender in real life. It's a completely different thing when God has promised Abraham, I'm going to give you a promised land. Then God says, but give me your son. Sacrifice. Take, take your son up. Sacrifice. It's a completely different thing when God has promised, has promised Joseph that he will rule. And Joseph is now second man over Egypt. And then now his brothers come and are standing before him. And God says, now forgive them. It's a completely different thing when God wants a sacrifice, when God wants an offering. You see, we can surrender or say that we will surrender on paper. But I want you to start surrendering in the other 166 hours of the week. Not just the two hours that you spend here on Sunday morning. So, so, so what will keep you from getting to your ex? One word, one word, one word, rebellion. I told y'all y'all weren't going to want to hear this. I, I told you, I told y'all, I told y'all. I, I should have been manipulative and took the offering before because now some of y'all ain't going to want to, ain't going to want to give. You're just going to leave, leave me out there because you don't want to hear about what's wrong in your life and why God is not blessing certain areas. And you don't, you don't want to hear, you're looking at me like, I wish he'd hurry up. He was doing good for the first eight minutes, but now he doesn't start, he doesn't, he doesn't mess. Let me check my Facebook page. Let me see, let me see my Instagram feed. What will keep you from getting to your ex? Rebellion. That's what the Holy Spirit shared with me uh, as I was studying, um, he, he said, he said, rebellion isn't just or isn't merely an act. It's a package. Rebellion isn't merely an act. It's a package. When you rebel, what does it mean to rebel? When you do what you know that you shouldn't do or don't do what you know that you should do. When, when, when you rebel, you not only have to deal with God on being disobedient, but you open the door to some stuff that the enemy releases in your life that you probably don't want. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. I, I want you to go there. I want you to go there. Get, get your Bibles. Don't just trust the screen. You need to mark this. I got a whole bunch of scriptures. If y'all think I'm going to just give you two or three, it's the wrong Sunday. Uh, it's the wrong Sunday. Should have came last week. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. This is going to bless you. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Do you see how God, how God views your rebellion? It is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness. Touch your neighbor and say, he ain't talking about you. He ain't talking about you. Is as iniquity and idolatry. I wish I had time to unpack that. Here, here's what he says. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. That's a drop the mic moment right there. God is saying, whenever you can't do what I tell you to do, you can't sit where I want you to sit. 
God says, you don't want my word? He's really saying, well, I don't want you to do this for me. When we reject the word of the Lord, he's specifically talking, he's specifically talking, he's specifically talking to somebody. When he's specifically talking to somebody. Y'all remember last week I gave that illustration about that little baby we were leaving the restaurant. Little baby had, mom had a bag of food. Little, 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 little toddler, look about 18 months. And little, little toddler was reaching for, reaching for the bag. And the mother was trying to grab his hand. Little toddler snatched his hand back. Held his hand. <laughs> I told y'all it wasn't my child. It would have happened one time. I don't care how old he is, 18 years, 180 years, 18 months. I'd have bust him in the chest. I'd just, just hit the, You don't talk to me. No, I'm joking. Wouldn't hit no baby. I wouldn't hit no baby. I wouldn't hit no baby. I don't think. I wouldn't hit no, I wouldn't hit no baby. But, but, but here, here it is, here it is. The mother had something that the baby wanted. But it wasn't time to eat it at the entrance of the restaurant. The mother was going to fix the baby, the food, when they got home. But the baby wanted it now. And a lot of us are snatching our hand. Out of God's hands. Look, look, look at, look at what, look at what, look at what rebellion does. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11. Y'all, y'all, this is, this is some heavy stuff. This is some, this is some heavy stuff. But I believe it's going to be, it's going to be jet fuel for you to get to where God is taking you. Because I believe that God has been speaking more often than you would actually give him credit for. Uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11. An evil person seeks only rebellion. Watch. So when I rebel, look at what happens. And since I'm going to rebel, here comes me arguing the point about a package. And so a cruel messenger will be sent against him. When I reject what God is telling me to do, remember I said rebellion is not just an act, it's a package. Uh, a cruel messenger comes. Some scholars suggest that this is the same um, reference to that whole passage in the, two, in the New Testament. When we hold unforgiveness, we get the tormentors that come in. We get the demonic. We get the demons that come into our life. And so whenever we rebel against what God says, we open the door to be tormented. Hey, what some of y'all saying, but pastor, I ain't seen that with no little, no little horns, you know, coming in my house. I ain't seen a pitchfork. Can I tell you, you've been got because the spiritual world demons aren't the, the, the red tail and the horns and the pitchfork, but there, there, there's an unrest that's there on the inside. And maybe some of us. Have been, have been experiencing the messenger, a cruel messenger, because we've operated in rebellion. Look at what Psalm 68, verse 6 says. Psalm 68, verse 6. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you uh, the net version, the NET version. I don't know what, what's on the screen, uh, but he, here it is. Psalm 68, 68, verse 6. God settles those who have been deserted in their own homes. He frees prisoners and grants them prosperity. 
But read that last verse, that last sentence. Ready? Read. But sinful rebels live in the desert. God says, his word says, I'm going to take care of those folk that got kicked out their home. I'm, I'm going to free prisoners. I'm going to give prosperity. But when you go against my word, I'm going to let you live in a dry place. Y'all not ready for me, are you? You, you? You're not ready for this? You're not ready to get to your ex? You're not ready to get to your ex? Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1. Look at what he says. Woe to the rebellious children. Now, now the word woe, it, it, it expresses judgment. It expresses grief and regret and misfortune or grievous distress. So he says, woe. In other words, this ain't nothing good. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me. You've been asking some of everybody, but you ain't asked God. God, should I marry? Girl, should I marry him? Well, how is he in the bed? Well, should, should, I, should I marry him? What kind of job he got? Mama, what you think about it? We ask everybody. Oh, y'all looking at me funny. You looking at me like, like I'm scared of you. I ain't scared of you. Who take counsel but not of me? Look at this. Look at what else rebellious folk do. They make up their own plans. But not of my spirit. That they may add sin to sin. Who got a booty call scheduled later for the night? I'm just, just checking who's making their own plans. Uh, any, anybody? Anybody? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an unsanctified one. You know what has happened? You know what these three scriptures have done? For some of us, these three scriptures, the word has put a diagnosis with your symptoms. These three scriptures, the word has put a diagnosis to your symptoms. Your life is dry. Nothing is blooming. No traction. You're left by yourself. You got the wrong folks speaking in your life. All because you are rejecting the word of the Lord. Let me tell you what that looks like on Monday morning. Some start bothering you. And you just you just don't you just don't feel right. You don't feel connected to God. And the emptiness and absence of God's presence in your life hurts. So there's pain that's there. So now you got to take the edge off pain. So you got to watch more TV so you don't think about why you hurt. And, and, and then and then and then after you watch more TV. 
you, you turn to Netflix and I guzzle. I, what is it called? Binge watch. That's it. I, I guzzle. I just made up a new one. And, and then instead of just eye guzzling, you Netflix and chilling. Go look up your Urban Dictionary and check out uh, what does it mean to Netflix and chill? Because you are muting the pain because of your own rebellion. You know what? You know what, baby? This is one of them sermons you can't say, can I get a witness? A am I talking to anybody in here? So what happens when you rebel? 2 Samuel chapter 14 starts, interesting story, don't want you to go there, it, it goes over to 2 Samuel chapter 15, a young man named Absalom, Bible says that there was nobody in Israel that looked better than Absalom, said that Absalom was, just had it going on, he was, he was the Idris Elba for some of y'all ladies of the day, oh, 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 but if I said Nicki Minaj and your man had said something, you've been looking at him funny. Okay, all right, okay, all right. He, he was, Bible says from head to toe. Absalom, Absalom, Absalom. Interesting storyline. Absalom murders his brother Amnon um, because Amnon had killed his sister Tamar. Well, excuse me, because Amnon had raped his sister, Tamar. And so Absalom gets mad, makes friends with Amnon. He kills Amnon. Mind you, Absalom, Amnon, Tamar, these are all children of King David. Can I just put a nickel in the meter and tell somebody that the king can have problems in his house too? Touch your neighbor and say, it's not just your house. It's not just your house. And because of what Absalom does, killing his brother Amnon, he gets banished for three years. David invites him to come back. Bible says he goes two years without seeing his own dad. But during that two years, as he has been given permission to come back in town, Absalom starts hanging out at the city gates. All right, now I got to tell you what the city gates are. The city gates are where business was conducted. To hang out at the city gates is to hang out at the capital. It's to get to know all the folk that are coming and going. It, it, it's to rub shoulders with the people who have authority, who have power. And, and you know, he's just kind of striking up conversation at the Starbucks that's next to the city gates. And then he starts saying, well, if I were king, I'd have do this. I'd have done this. If I were king, I'd, I'd do this. If I were king, you know what? That never would have happened. He starts playing to the hearts and minds of the people. 
he, he, he starts getting in their, in their ears. 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 4. 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 4. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me. David won't even hear y'all. The king, my father, won't even listen to y'all. You can't even make an appointment with his secretary for him to hear your matter. But if I were king, you'd have my cell phone number. You could just text me. Oh, that I were made judge in the land and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me. Then I would give justice. And so it was whenever anyone came near to bow down to him that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom, here it is, stole the hearts of men. Pastor, why in the world did you read? Did you read this story? A good story, but I don't see what it has to do with rebellion to rebel automatically means to choose the wrong side to rebel is to go against authority the authority of a of a parent to go against the authority of a boss i, I know we live I know we live in an equal rights opportunity and women's lib stuff, but I still believe the Bible. To rebel is to go against your husband. The open door for the spirit of rebellion to come in was his resentment toward how David handled Tamar's rape. Y'all missed that. You, you, you missed it. The reason why Absalom was doing this. First thing I noticed, first thing I noticed while I was reading, he, he, says, in, he says in verse 4, he says, oh, that I were made judge in the land. He don't say make me king. I, I just, just got a new point. That rebellion oftentimes includes deceit. Do you see what the Bible says? He says, if y'all made me judge, if he had come to them and said, why don't y'all make me king? They were like, hold on, wait, we got a king. The king is your dad. He said, you know, if, if I were to judge, do, do you see that? Are y'all with me? Y'all ready for me to hoop? <laughs> Wrong church. Um, there's some deceit that comes in the middle of open door for the spirit of rebellion to come in. The reason why Absalom started to rebel was because he didn't like that his dad didn't protect or avenge the death, or excuse me, the rape of his sister by his brother. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer out loud. Repeat. I don't want you to answer out loud. One more time for the Holy Ghost. I don't want you to answer out loud. 
what has happened that you didn't like? And now you're trying to get back. You are opening the door for something that you do not want in your life. I'm going to pray for us here at the end in just, in just a moment. Pray for our rebellion because there are different stages of rebellion. I'm going to pray for you here in a minute. But I hear, I hear, I hear some astute person saying to yourself, sounds like God could have stopped us or that God should have even stopped us from rebelling against him. You know, the first person to ever rebel, Adam and Eve. Why, why wouldn't God, why wouldn't God make us not obey him? Quad got in trouble. Um, it was a while back, a couple weeks or so ago. Um, he got in trouble. So when he gets in trouble, we give him the death sentence. The death sentence is, give me your phone. It's like I asked him for an appendage off his hand. So, so he gets in trouble in the car. We get to the house. You know, you know when you're making the transition from, from the car to the house, you, know, you bring your stuff in, send stuff now. Next thing I know, Quad is, Quad is doing me like this. I said, what, what, what you doing? He said, I just don't even want to be tempted. Just take my phone, Dad. Just, 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 just take my phone. I, I don't, I don't, I don't even do it. Don't you sometimes wish God would take your phone, J just to keep you from doing what's in your heart? Uh, why wouldn't God just? Turn off the ability to rebel against him. Here, here it is. Here it is. That question is akin to why didn't God just put an electric fence around the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden so Adam and Eve couldn't have gotten to it? Some might even say, why did God even plant a tree of knowledge? Because God has given all of us this one little dangerous good thing called free will. And God says, I don't want robots worshiping me. Lift your hands and praise. Put your hands down. No. God says, God says, I love you enough to where when I show you how good I am, when I show you what you can have, that your free will freely chooses me versus another option. The reason why God doesn't keep you from rebelling is because he wants you to do it. Surrender. He wants you to choose his way. Because you know his way is better than your way, any way that you can think of, or anything that the enemy could offer you.
you know, sitting here being rational doesn't make much sense to rebel against God, does it? I want to give you real quick seven reasons. Seven reasons why you shouldn't rebel against God. Real quick, real quick. Here's the first one. Because he's only trying to make you better. Why would you rebel against somebody who's trying to make you better? Somebody text me, a friend of mine, Pastor Charles Nesbitt, Nesbitt, pastor of Providence Baptist Church. So in our group text, he says, uh, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything God knows. Why rebel against God when he's only trying to make you better? The Bible even says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God is only trying to make you better. And you, for real, you really going to rebel against better? Here's the second, second thing, second reason why you shouldn't rebel against God. Because he's only doing what you ask him to do. He's only doing what you ask him to do. Didn't you pray? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In me, in earth, as it is in heaven. God said, well, since you've given me permission, here I come. And what you say is, I didn't want you to come like that. I know you were going to take that from me. I didn't know you were going to make me do this. But why rebel against a God who's only doing what you gave him permission to do? Here's the third reason why, why we shouldn't rebel. Because he knows what's ahead. He already knows what's ahead. We're going to leave the point up there, but put, put my scripture up. I want us to read this one together. Isaiah 46, verse 10. This is the message version. Isaiah 46, verse 10. Here it is on the screen. I want us to read this one together. Ready? Let's read. From the very beginning, telling you what the ending will be, all along letting you in on what's going to happen, assuring you, I'm in this for the long haul. I'll do exactly what I... God is saying, I'll be a tour guide. I'm going to tell you. Over here is this. If you look over that, you got that over there. I know where I'm going. The tour guide knows where he's going and the tour guide will tell you what he's doing but no you got your own way you got your way that you're gonna prosper you got your way on how you're gonna get a man you got your way on how you're gonna advance in life here's the fourth fourth reason why we shouldn't Shouldn't rebel. I like this one. Ooh, I like this one. 
I like, I like this one. His stuff gets you through dark places. His stuff gets you through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm in a dark place. I ain't got to fear evil. Here's the reason why. But you are with me. Here come his stuff. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, when I get in a dark spot, I got a rod that ain't mine. And a staff that ain't mine. Why would I rebel against God and just walk up in an alley? Because I'm just stupid. But no, you want to do it your way. You ain't trying to get to your, your ex. Here's, here's the fifth, fifth reason. Fifth reason. Why I shouldn't rebel? Because I don't have the ability to pick right. In the Bible, we're called sheep. For a reason. Y'all don't know a whole lot about sheep, do you? Sheep are dumb. All sheep do, bad, bad. And they follow the other dumb sheep that's in front of them. All, all, all they do is just walk around following one dummy, following another dummy. I ain't talking about you. I, I ain't. I ain't talking about you. But all sheep have a shepherd. David starts the 23rd Psalm off. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, David's saying, I know I'm stupid. I, 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 I know I'm a big dummy. I, I, I know I'm going to pick the wrong thing. I don't know which way to go. I don't know where to drink no water, where the good water come from. I don't know when I need a nap. So you're going to lay me down in green pastures. I, if I'm going to pick the wrong water, you're going to leave me by still waters. I know I'm stupid. I'm a sheep. You a shepherd wherever you go. Is there anybody here that can say I'm a sheep? Why rebel? You don't have the ability to be able to pick. Here's the sixth reason. He already knows how it's going to end up. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you We'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Whatever God has started in your life, he is going to complete it, but it won't be by your rebellion. Here's the seventh reason. And I'm almost finished. Seventh reason why you shouldn't rebel. Because I'm his child. I'm his child. 
My kids don't have an option on whether to obey me. So Jordan got accepted into college. She got accepted uh, early acceptance into Lipscomb College. And so she, she spent, I don't know, a whole bunch of time there. Um, nine days, ten days. I don't know. She's gone for a long time. And she was doing a college course. Uh, she'll get credit for this course in college. My wife tells me, you know what Jordan just told me? She said she didn't want to come home. I said, huh? She said she didn't want to come home because she don't want to, she don't want to do what we tell her to do. I said, well, tell her just stay. Figure it out. See, Jordan got a little taste of freedom. She had, she had a little social life going on. But she knows when she comes home. Uh, uh, Alex, I'm helping you, buddy. When you come back from NYU, when you come home, it ain't the dorm room no more. But you know what? Jordan ain't crazy. She knew to tell her mama, not a daddy. But you know what else? She ain't crazy. Because when she got back home, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hit the mail, dad. I took the trash down, dad. My room made up, dad. What else you want me to do, dad? Why do my children obey? I'm clothing her. I'm feeding her. I'm giving her allowance. I'm paying for dance classes. I'm putting gas in the car. How? Rebel. I tell you what, go try to figure this out on your own. You got about three and a half months before you are legally an adult. And here you are thinking your way is better than God's way. Don't, hey, look, look, look. Don't you play my daughter like that. Don't, don't you play my daughter like that. Because some of y'all are the same way. You're talking about God. I don't want to do it your way. I don't want to come to church. I don't want to love my neighbors. I don't want to keep my body. I don't want to not get drunk. I don't want to drop it like it's hot. I don't want to pack that thing. God, God, God says, well, I tell you what. Go on and do it your way. I feed you. I clothe you. I keep you in your right mind. I'm the bridge over troubled water. I'm the way and I'm the way. And you're talking about I'm a rebel. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you feel like you need to do it your way, go on then. But I'm a sheep. I'm serious, y'all better leave my baby girl alone. I'm better than I'm about to say nothing to her. Bush in your eye.
Why, why, does God, why does God want us to obey? Let me tell you this one. Let me tell you this one. Quiet the same way. You know, he's the same way. Um, the other day we were by church and there was a big box in the car. So I took the box out. He's sitting in her, in her chair with his shoes off, his earbuds in, watching something on his phone. The big box, I, I said, I'll get it out. So I, I get the box to about the door. I said, quiet. Yes, Dad. Come here. I said, push this box down the, and through the sanctuary down the hall to the door on the right. He looked at me. You know what he did? Start pushing. <laughs> he didn't want to. What makes Jordan obey? What, what made quiet do what he did? Because obedience is birthed out of relationship. Y'all not ready for me today. Y'all are not ready for me today. Both of my children, whether they want to do it when I tell them or not, they do it not only because I'm crazy, but they do it because they call me dad. Not father. My kids call me dad. See, a father just makes them. But a dad raises them. And both my kids call me dad. And it's because of what I tell them out of the relationship of being a dad do they do what I say. So why should you not rebel? Why should you do what your heavenly father says? Okay, I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm just going to read this. Mm, I, 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 it's a lot to read, but I'm, I'm done. Don't play quietly yet, but I'm done. De Deuteronomy, everybody find Deuteronomy 28, please. If, if, you, if you're not going to find it, you need to make note. You need to make note of it. Deuteronomy chapter 28, um, verse number one. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now, it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God, he, he will set you high above all nations of the earth. You know, we could really stop right there. Because if we obey God, his word says he's going to raise us higher than other folk. For some of us, that would be enough, but I'm greedy. It, it goes on. It goes on. It says, it says he will raise you and set you high above all nations. And watch what he says. When he lifts you up, all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. Because you don't rebel when the voice of the Lord speaks. Verse 3. 
Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall the fruit of your body be, the produce of the ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of the cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be the baskets, your baskets and the kneading bowls. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. You mean I get all these blessings just because I don't rebel? Verse 7. Uh, the Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be defeated before your face. I could preach that one. He, God said he's going to make some stuff come up in front of you so you can see some stuff leave from in front of you. Uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to yield not to temptation. Um, he, they shall come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. Watch. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all in which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you when you get to your... Look, watch this. Hold on. Watch this. He says, I'm going to bless you on the way to the place. And then once you get to your place, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on blessing you. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. I just got four more verses to read. Then all the people of the earth shall see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Is there anybody here that folk just can't handle you no more? They, 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 they just, you know, they, you just, when you walk in, the conversation change. When you walk in, the laughter stop. It's just, it's, it's not you. It's not you. They just can't handle you. You on another level. God, God has done something in your life. Verse 11, and the Lord will, plant, will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. I like this one. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. The heavens. To give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations. You shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Why rebel? Put, put, my, put my title slide back up, please. Put my title slide back up, please. I, I, want you, I just want you to see one thing. I want you to see that that's your ex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's your ex. All them dots. That's your journey. You see how it's not a straight line? God never promised it was going to be easy. What he did promise you 
is that he would lead you. That he would, he would hold your hand. Don't just shout on the ravens that he's promised to send to take care of you. I look for a church that for folk that will shout because they're going to be obedient to what God has said. For, for those of you who have experienced or entertained some rebellion in your life, <clears throat> some of us, some of us look at rebellion as being you know, just flagrant, overt, going after other gods, thumbing your nose at God. But then there are other of us, others of us that rebel at a less intense level, but it's still rebellion. You're still, you're still hindering the blessing of God showing up in your life. So God gives you an urge. Go help them buy their meal. Mm-mm, God, I need this $6.63. You know, you, you rebel on a less, lesser level. God tells you, turn the TV off. Let me show you something. You know that business you want to? God, as soon as scandal goes off, that's, that's rebellion. God is speaking, but you rebel. That's who I'm talking to now. That, that, that's who I'm talking to now. You know what? Likely, it's everybody in this church. But would everyone just stand on your feet, please? Would you just stand on your feet? And, and this, is, this is a moment between you and God. Th three phases. Three phases we're going to pray through real, really quickly. First, and, I, and I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not going to. You're going to have to pray for yourself. Remember, it's going to take some work and it's going to take some surrender. I just want you just to spend a moment thanking the Lord for your ex. Thanking God for where he is bringing you, for what he's identified. Lord, thank you. Thank you. You got a wealthy place prepared for me. Thank you for what you promised me. Thank you that you're not like man that you would lie. Thank you that you want to bless me. You want to increase me. You want relationship with me. Thank you for that special place. Thank you, Lord, for my ex. Phase one. Here's phase two of your prayer. Father, forgive me for not obeying your word. talking about the word of God here now for a moment forgive me for not doing what scripture has said you know the word you just chose not to not to heed it not to do what it says do forgive me Lord why don't you name your sin under your breath, I'm going to ask you to confess to your neighbor and tell your neighbor your sin. Forgive me for not. Forgive me for not. Just name your sin. 
Lord, I found myself doing this. Tell him, tell him. Tell him, tell him. Tell him. He can't forgive you if you don't own it. He cannot forgive you if you don't own it. Only if you mean this for phase three. Father, I, I surrender. I surrender. God has such an amazing benefits package. I just read it to you. That's Deuteronomy 28. This is the kind of thing that happens when we obey the voice of the Lord. He has an amazing benefits package. God, I surrender what you're doing in my life. I surrender. Why is it that we understand when we go to the gym or hire a trainer that we're supposed to hurt? It's supposed to be painful the next two or three days because our muscles have been worked out. But when God starts to train us, we don't know why it hurts and we think it's the devil. No, God is just training you. I heard what somebody says, thank you for training me. 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 Father, I want the blessing. I want the blessing. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. I want you to reigns and reign. I want your blessings. My baskets. My bowls. I want to be blessed in the city and the field. Blessing when I come in and when I go out. Oh, I want, I want your blessing. I want your blessing. I want your blessing. I don't know what you need to promise God. Look, let me tell you, God's not looking for perfection. God, God is looking for somebody that wants to do right. You cannot show me a Bible character that was perfect. Everybody was messed up. Everybody had flaws. Can I just tell you, if you've been living a jacked up life, you're in good company. Not only in folk found in scripture, but folk that's standing in this pulpit right now with a microphone on. Messed up. But I got an X. I got a place. I got a spot. Lord, we give ourselves to you now. We surrender to you. We surrender our will to your will. Thank you for being our teacher. Thank you for being our leader. I speak to the demonic that has come into our life, as scripture said, as an evil or cruel messenger. And based on the legal transaction that the children of God have participated in. Because of the cross that Jesus died on. I serve you. We serve you. Notice to leave right now. No more torment. You can't read your newspaper to us. Leave. Go now. Pack up all your stuff, you and your buddies, and leave. Leave. Father, recalibrate us. Recalibrate us. Recalibrate us. Recalibrate us. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, thank you for careers that are going to come now. Not just jobs. But careers because no more rebellion. 
Thank you for marriages that will be made because no more rebellion. Thank you for joy coming back in the marriage because no more rebellion. No more rebellion. Thank you for advance, God. Because no more rebellion. Hey, thank you for the rain, God. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the rain. Rain on us, breathe on us, shower down, shower down, sing your spirit, Lord. Rain on us, breathe on Christ as your personal savior you know that can become so rote sometimes it can become so repetitive